Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. We hope you all had a happy Easter. Woo! <laughs> I don't think that was the right that sound effect, Eric. Right. I think a, you were aiming at a different one. That was not a good Easter I gotta sound do it again. effect. Gotta do it again. Why? People know we're imperfect. <laughs> That's that's even more like it. I don't know if we should explain to Pastor Eric what Easter is all about, but uh, we got there. It's all good. Well, today we are kicking off the New Testament book of Matthew, and the passage we're looking at today is the genealogy of Jesus. So I thought we could, (laughs) I thought we could share some parent kid stories. Parent kid stories. You guys got Um, anything? Well, all right. How about this? So. my, I, I got a lot of siblings, so I have uh, all sisters. And uh, my sister who's closest to me in age is Marta, and our rooms were across from each other uh, in, our, in our house. And in the hallway of our, like the hall that we, where our rooms were, my parents had put a dresser of some kind that looked nice in the hallway. And in the drawer, for some reason, I, this has never been explained to me, they always kept a packet of Oreos. And like it was replenished. It wasn't like it got put there one time. It was like always there. They were hiding them from the kids they were, or so they, they thought. Were, they thought they were hiding it from the kids. But of course, Marta and I knew they were there. And so uh, pretty regularly, I mean like once a day or, or more, we would grab a couple of Oreos and go hang out in one of our rooms and we would do that. And so we got away with this for quite a while. Uh, and then one day, I don't know if it was like, you know, my mom saw on one of our faces a little chocolate or like realized it was more empty than she thought it should be or whatever. She confronted us. And uh, of course, for for uh, my sister, she's like, well, I'm just going to deny it, you know? So she lies. And uh, I should have, it was lucky that I went second because then I could uh, make myself the good, good guy by saying, yeah, actually, mom, we did take it. So now, instead of me being in trouble... My sister's in trouble for lying. And you're a rat. And, and I'm a rat. And, it's and, like when the police put two guys in different rooms and question them, <laughs> and they know that one's going to break first. Way to <laughs> totally. go, Clayton. I'm the one who broke. It's the prisoner's dilemma, and yeah. my sister lost. So, uh. All right, so that was either your mom's personal stash of Oreos, <laughs> so she was on you quickly, or it was your parents' stash of Oreos, and your mom always thought your dad was eating them, and your dad always thought your mom was eating them. Or the third option is it was a moral test. Like was, they were uh, waiting to see if their kids were little thieves stealing Oreos. So I well, don't, we need to, we really, 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 <laughs> Mr. Producer, we really need Clayton's family in the podcast studio. I have so oh, that's, that's many my, that's my nightmare. I'm questions. For, I feel like I'm we'd sweating. have hours. We'd have to. Wow. We could do a bonus episode. Oh my gosh! So Exploration. All right, let's let's move on. Him. Ferris. Okay, you in, got a parent in, kid the, story? in the world of parents, always finding out what their kids are doing. Okay, so so I think I was doing yard work or something one day. I forget exactly what I was doing, but I was going back into the garage. Oh, I know what I was doing. I needed to get the lawn tractor out to cut the grass, but my mom's convertible was parked in the garage, and I couldn't get the lawn tractor out. Okay, so I uh, and it was a stick shift, and I'm not old enough yet to have a driver's license. So, but I know enough to put a car in neutral. So I put the car in neutral, thinking I'll just let it roll out, and then you know put it back in park, and I'm good, and I can get the lawn tractor out. Well, I get in my mom's car, put it in neutral, and here comes our cat Jesse trotting into the garage that wants to get lit in the house. So I jump out of the car 
to let Jesse in the house, I turn back around and the car is no no. longer in the garage, okay? So it rolls out of the garage, across the driveway, down this little embankment where we had this line of uh, younger evergreen, like pine trees. It had rolled over one of the pine trees and ripped it out of the ground. And then right next door to our property was a soybean field. So here is my mom's convertible in the soybean field. I'm like, oh, crud. So, of course, you do what every kid will do. You ask yourself, how can I cover this up? So <laughs> so I get one of my sisters to <laughs> go get the keys, drive it out of the soybean field, and we're pulling all the soybean and everything <laughs> off the car, you know, get it all kind of looking like nothing ever happened, try to plant, replant the pine tree so it looks like it didn't get ripped <laughs> out of the ground. And I think we did a pretty good job. My mom comes home, and I don't remember exactly how the conversation went, but essentially she knew because one of her friends had driven by our house and called her at work and asked her why her convertible was in the middle of the soil. <laughs> so parent, parents always have a way of finding out what their kids are up to. So if you are under 18 listening to this podcast, you're not getting away with it. Just, uh, just know that. Mom so, will find out. So true. For, for me, I think if you just go back a couple episodes and listen to the one that we did on the Super Bowl, uh, and I shared my story about the gambling problem I had back then when I was 10 years old, <laughs> um, betting on the, the Cowboys and the 49ers and my mom finding out, you just go ahead and listen to that one. That's a good one. All right. Well, Clayton is our comma guy today. Um, so he's going to introduce the passage and give us some context on the book of Matthew. Yeah. So this is our, our first week in the book of Matthew. So this is a, a great time to be jumping in, following Bible savvy. It's uh, Matthew is one of the four gospels. So it's one of the biographies of Jesus. And so whenever you're reading one of the gospels, the primary question uh, that you should be asking is, what does this tell me about Jesus? You know, what, what does this say about who he is and what he came to do? And then how should I respond to Jesus? Because it's really, he's the main character and it's all pointing to him. Now, that gets a little weird when you start the book of Matthew, you might be excited to learn about Jesus. And the very first thing you hit is a genealogy. So that's a, it's a list of names. And that's how most people feel about genealogies in the Bible. It can be it can be a little bit discouraging because you think, you know, this should be an easier part of the Bible, uh, and then this tough passage comes up. So let me give a little context about how to read a genealogy. Um, we find genealogies strange because for a lot of us, we don't know deep family history. But in most ancient cultures and many cultures around the world, genealogies were a way of figuring out what you knew about somebody, finding out who their family was, where they came from, told you a lot about the person you were about to interact with. So a lot of times in the Bible, when a a new kind of primary character is going to show up for for a a book of the Bible, they'll do a genealogy. So they might do Moses' genealogy or David's genealogy to tell you something about that person before you hear the stories about them. So they're doing that for Jesus. And so whenever you hit a genealogy, the main question you should ask is, what is this telling me about the, the character they're telling the story about. So in this case, what is this telling me about who Jesus is? And one of the other things that genealogies do is they connect this individual situation, this the story you're about to hear, to the bigger story of the Bible. So it connects all the pieces of kind of where this is coming from and where this is going to. Um, one thing, just as a fail-safe, if you run into a genealogy and you're like, I don't know what to do with this, you can always fall back on this. God loves people. You know, you, you look at all the lists of people and you say, we know that God loves people. But in this case, I think we can actually learn some things about this. So uh, I'm going to have uh, Eric read the genealogy here because, you know, I always pick the easiest passages uh, for him to read. Uh, so he's going to do mm-hmm. Matthew chapter 1, uh, verses 1 through 17. Nikki, as the host, do you want to point out what's happening again? I do. 
So this is another example of how Eric gets all the hard passages to read. And so now we have to sit through him trying to read all of these names correctly. So thank you, Clayton. Clayton. picks really long texts, <laughs> and I am very nice to Clayton, and I give him shorter texts out of the goodness of my heart. So here we go. We are going to read 17 verses of uh, Matthew's genealogy, and I am sure, I am sure that I am going to mispronounce some of these names. So here we go. This is the genealogy of Jesus the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, Isaac the father of Jacob, Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, Judah the father of Perez and Zerah, whose mother was Tamar, Perez the father of Hezron, Hezron the father of Ram, Ram the father of Amminadab, Amminadab the father of Nashon, Nashon the father of Salmon, Salmon the father of Boaz, whose mother was Rahab, Boaz the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed the father of Jesus, and Jesse the father of King David." David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. Solomon, the father of Rehoboam. Rehoboam, the father of Abijah. Abijah, the father of Asa. Asa, the father of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat, the father of Jehoram. Jehoram, the father of Uzziah. Uzziah, the father of Jotham. Jotham, the father of Ahaz. Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah. Hezekiah, the father of Manasseh. Manasseh, the father of Amon. Amon, the father of Josiah. And Josiah, the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the exile to Babylon. After the exile to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shealtiel, Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel, Zerubbabel the father of Abihud, Abihud the father of Eliakim, Eliakim the father of Azor, Azor the father of Zadok, Zadok the father of Akim, Akim the father of Elihud, Elihud the father of Eleazar, Eleazar the father of Mathan, Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, and Mary was the mother of Jesus, who is called the Messiah. Thus, there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, 14 from David to the exile to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. This has been Mispronounced Names with Eric Ferris. <laughs> but you said them so confidently. You did. You know? That's, that's kind of what it is. Who's, who's going to know? Who's going to know? All right. So uh, the first, uh, the, the O in comma is observations. And so when you're reading a genealogy, knowing the kinds of things to look for helps, because otherwise you sort of just say, well, I don't know. Um, so let, here's what we're going to do for observations. I'm actually going to give uh, four different kinds of things to, to observe, and I'm going to have us do it here and, and see what we see, okay? So here's, here's the first kind of thing you can observe, and it's kind of a, a big picture question. For the genealogy, what groups what groups are being described here? And the reason you look for groups is because when you do a family tree, the emphasis is on family. So which family, which group is talked about here? Uh, verse 17 says there were 14 generations in all from Abraham to David, David to the exile, and exile to Messiah. Is that what you're talking about? Well, Both I, groupings? I, what I mean is, is uh, like what collections of people. So um, sometimes you run into a genealogy and you'll realize, oh, this is, this is a bunch of priests, or this is, you know, this is, uh, the, you know, this is, you know, it's David's family or whatever. But what's the, what's the group? Abraham's group. Is that what you're getting after? This is, well, I, I feel like it's when you're in class and the group, teacher has an answer they <laughs> want. The second you, group is a group of kings, right? Yeah. You've got it. You've got that. There's a kind of a middle section there after David. All of those are kings. If you, uh, if you, you realize it's David, Solomon, you're like, oh, these, these people are kings. 
All, all of those names are uh, people who are kings of Israel. Any other groups you see? Hmm. That's a good one, Nikki. Way to pick that out. <laughs> Thanks. So now I'm looking at the Abraham, Isaac, Jacob... It's, it's like the found. That's like the founding. Yeah, there, there's those. The, if you we've read through Genesis earlier this year, or yeah. you know, or, or last year, and uh, and so you've got Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and you look at that and you say, oh, and Judah. Mm-hmm. Like that's those are those those kind of forefathers, the you know yeah. the, the patriarchs of the of the people of Israel. Oh, I see. Uh, verse five, six, and seven. Uh, you get something that you often don't see in biblical genealogies, which is you get the women. You get yeah. the you get the moms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get there's there's some women in here. Okay, so th- those are some some uh, groups that we see. Uh, what? How about this? What names do you recognize? That's kind of the second thing to look for. And you don't even have to know. You know, if you just say, "Hey, I I've, I've heard that name before in some Bible story." Well, yeah, I guess we, we recognize right off the bat, verse two there: Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Um, we recognize, uh, I recognize Boaz and uh, Ruth, and just that, that like they were Jesse's parents and Jesse became the father of King David. Of King David, yeah. And so, and of course, if you've read the book of Ruth, you're like, well, I know Boaz and Ruth's stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, I recognize Aminadab, Nashon, uh, Salmon. No, I don't. I'm just, I, was like, I was like, dude. Those I was like, some, he's did deep cut here. I was looking for the most obscure names I could find to see what you guys would do. It's like, wow, I have no idea where he's going with this. They they, they mention, uh, so David was the father of Solomon, whose mother had been Uriah's wife. So if we know who Uriah's wife was, that's Bathsheba. That's Bathsheba. So she's actually yep. mentioned in Jesus' genealogy. Yeah. Yep. You got You got Bathsheba there. I recognize some of these these kings here, Hezekiah, Josiah. Like I recognize a lot of these names, but I I know some of the you know I remember some of the stories about Josiah and Hezekiah. These guys, I honestly I don't recognize anybody in the last like section there. There's like a the last third. It's like from the Babylonian exile on. I'm like I don't know any of these, but I've got some stories about some of these these other folks. What are of the people you recognize? Uh, what stories do you know? Like, what can you recall some of the things that happened to some of these people? Um, off the top of my head, uh, let's see here. Ruth was, let's see, she was from, she was not an Israelite, right? Yeah, that's right. If I'm, if I'm remembering that correctly, she was not an Israelite. And then, but she was married to somebody who was, and uh, he died. And then she kind of went along with her mother-in-law, and they started. That, that's kind of like the, what they call that—the kinsman redeemer. Yeah. Right. That was what who Boaz was was someone who was kind of kind of assume responsibility for uh, her mother-in-law and for her. Yeah, yeah. Bo- Boaz was there to look like this widow yeah. who needed help, and and he he was there for her. Right. And so uh, they kind of got together afterwards, and the rest is history. <laughs> Literally. What other stories do you know of these these folks? Uh, you have Rahab, who was uh, uh, yeah. a prostitute who helped uh, Joshua's spies escape. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you, and we we mentioned it before. We've got Uriah's wife, mm-hmm. uh, who's Bathsheba. So you know, you got King David here, who is you know a hero, and yet you also have this mention of a woman that he had an affair with, mm-hmm. um, and and end up 
killing her husband for yeah. that. Uh, Solomon, David's uh, son, built the, the, the big temple for, for God. Yeah. Got a, uh, maybe, maybe one that would be less familiar, but if you've been reading this year in Genesis, you may remember a very tragic story of uh, Tamar. Uh, Tamar, you know, had a, a couple of husbands die and then kind of had this kind of awkward scheming thing with her father-in-law to try to get pregnant. And Oh, that it, was know, with the cord, With right? the cord. cord? Did, we do, did we do a podcast about Tamar or is this, or did we just no, read about it? I think we did. I don't remember, but it's, it, it's kind of a, it's kind of a sad, messy story there. <laughs> it's days of our lives. It's days of our lives. Yeah, it's one of those. One? <laughs> Any other stories you recognize? Hmm. Wasn't Josiah the youngest king? Uh, he was pretty. He was like eight years old. Man, Nikki is on fire she, today. She, she's been reading her Bible. Man, sorry, I'm gonna stop talking, Eric. So no, you no, can get something. No, <laughs> no, seriously, like you're pulling stuff out left and right. Yeah, Good for you. Yeah, Josiah's a young king. He uh, he he found the book of the law. Re- helped re- restore the temple. Is there one that you want us to mention? No, I'm just... Because <laughs> I feel like we've mentioned like seven. And Dad, just, do you want us to keep going? No, I, I, just see, I, just see, I just see more here that you might know stories. And I was waiting for Eric to, to throw one in. Are, is there one that you're hoping I say? No, is there no a, I'm okay. not. I just, I just I, didn't know. I really yeah. wish we knew something about the, 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 the third category. Yeah, we got, I, got not, I got nothing for them. Zerubbabel is, is one you might run into in the Old Testament, but it's a little bit obscure. But okay, here's, here's, the, here's the idea behind this. If you were a first century Jew reading this book, mm-hmm. we, we, we struggled a little bit to call up some of these stories. But for them, these are the, the cultural stories that they have been hearing all of their life. They, when you mention a name, it is not merely, it's not like the phone book. They're not just saying, I don't know who that is. They know stories and tales that they could tell to each other about this. So they have all of these things coming to their mind as we're building up to, we're going to introduce Jesus. And so they're saying, well, we know of people who are heroes and were faithful. And we also know people who were really tragic. And it turns out we've got some scandal in here that, that normally you wouldn't want to tell, but we're going to bring it up right here as we're about to introduce. And all of these stories are in their minds before they got to the character that was being introduced to Jesus. And so they're, they're thinking about this as they, they hear about him. Here's, here's another thing that we observe, and I'll make this simple, is with genealogies, uh, people in the ancient world would have probably automatically been counting the generations because they, they were attuned to numbers and kind of the structure of those things. And so uh, this one actually highlights it in the, in the very last verse we read. It points out how many generations. They would have been counting them. It says there were 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 from David to Babylon, and 14 from the exile to the Messiah. So when you, we see 14, we're like, okay, I guess there were 14. Isn't it interesting? It split so evenly. They would have said, oh, that's double sevens. That's, you know, three sets mm-hmm. of double sevens. And to them, it's like, it's, it's, it's a triple, it's a double, and it's seven, which is a number of wholeness perfection. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is one of those ones that you might say, well, I don't know what to even do with that. Um, but for them, they would have said, oh, so what we're looking at is the history of our people with all of their stories, and we're coming to ultimate completion of all of that with whoever this is at the end, they are kind of the summing up of all of this history. It's all coming to this one person. Double sevens. I'm th- I'm thinking of making a like a really cool shirt right now. I hear it. Jesus is the double sevens. That's pretty good. That would have been his number if he played on a sports team. Double sevens. 
That's not even, I'm not even making a joke right now. You guys are laughing. I'm actually thinking of a closing, clothing line right now. <laughs> okay. This podcast isn't generating any income, so I have, so to, you have, I have to come to, up with I something. I have to figure out some side hustles. I said we needed to make a shirt that said celebratory noises. I am. I am on that job, okay, by the way. Are we? Awesome. Well, well, my daughter is launching a t-shirt line soon, and celebratory noises is going to be That's that fantastic. Oh, fantastic. fantastic. That's fantastic. The, the last kind of observation you might want to make with, with genealogies is if there are any times where there are either uh, summary statements, you know, things at the beginning, the end, or times where it's interrupted, where it's not just another name, but there's something that, that kind of elaborates on anything. So anything that you would, you would highlight in that area? Well, I think right off the top, like Jesus is called the Messiah, the son of David, the son of Abraham. And I think what stood out to me is that Matthew wanted to be crystal clear right off the bat of like who Jesus was. You know, like he was the Messiah, the anointed one, you know. And I think, Clayton, you taught us a couple couple weeks ago back in uh, staff theology, right, that anointed one means like king because like king, like the only people who were anointed back in the day were like kings and priests. Yeah. So it's really cool with this is like uh, Jesus is king. That's what they're saying. But also like if, for like our listeners who are reading with us in Hebrews, we also learn that Jesus is our high priest. Yeah. So it's kind of like double. Yeah. You know, it's a really yeah. cool connection. He's the anointed there. one. Yeah. Yeah. So if you're talking about context, and if you know that Matthew wrote his gospel specifically to a Jewish audience to connect Jesus to the two greatest, mm-hmm. two of the three greatest figures in Jewish history, right? You have yeah. Abraham, Moses, and David. Yeah. So to point out that Jesus comes through David. And back to tracing him back to Abraham, who is the father of the promise, right? It is it is doing something to a Jewish audience that is significant. Yeah. So th- this is a, this is actually bleeding into what what we might be able to do with message, and it, it's this: when you make the observations about uh, a genealogy, the the message you should take from that is something about the person at the end. So a, as we talk about this, what does this tell us about who Jesus is? Like that the things we've observed noted. What would you say, even before you hear a story about Jesus, you know about what he's like? What he's like? Yeah, who he is, what he's like, things you might expect from him. Greatness. Yeah. I have like kind of this idea of fulfillment. He fulfills, I think, what people have been waiting for. Yeah. And if I think about, whenever I think about Abraham, I cannot disconnect Abraham from the promises that God made to Abraham that he was going to have a great family, his family was going to become a great nation, and through him, everything on the earth was going to be fixed. Um, And so if you're connecting Jesus to Abraham, it makes me think, oh, Jesus might be the fulfillment of some promises. Yeah. 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 I think about the the, uh, women that are included here. You know, we talked about Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, Uriah's wife. And you you got those, and there's uh, there's that's where a lot of the scandal is. Some of the you know there's uh, people who aren't uh, weren't Jewish that that uh, Rahab and Ruth that that got married in. Uh, you've got some of the things that are a little bit like if you're telling your family history, you you might not put that in the forefront. And yet there's this uh, welcoming sense of grace maybe with Jesus that like all of these kind of messy scandalous kinds of things kind like he's. He incorporates those, and he uh, redeems those, and he brings good out of it, in spite of the fact that for that that situation, it was really, really shouldn't shouldn't have been that way. And yet, he he makes something out of it. It's kind of like even like the messiness doesn't hold back, doesn't hold God back from aco- like accomplishing His purposes. Yeah. you know what I mean. Nothing is is too far gone or too beyond what He can redeem, in a sense. You know? Yeah, for sure.
If you're going to sum it up in a message, say, what, what, what would you say about Jesus for this? Jesus is the fulfillment. He's who we've been waiting for. And that is the exact word that was in my head. <laughs> she is so in the zone today. <laughs> yeah, fulfillment was exactly the word that I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's a that's a good way to put it. He's a f- fulfillment. I I think we could say he's the fulfillment both of of the like the great things and the messy things. Mm-hmm. But he br- he brings all of that together. Like he 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 sums it up. All right. So let's let's take a, a moment here for the second M in the comma, which is meditation. And let's meditate on the fact that Jesus is the fulfillment of all the things we've been waiting for. When he arrives, it is fulfilled. Take 45 seconds, prayerfully ponder that truth. So the final letter in comma A is for application. How do we respond to this? Whether you are someone who steals your parents' Oreos (laughs) or someone who does not steal your parents' Oreos, whether you think you are a good person or you carry around shame and guilt or whatever your self-evaluation is, it is worth asking yourself, who is this Jesus? Mm. And if he really is as important as even this genealogy is setting him up to be, I think I'm going to read uh, this gospel with my eyes wide open and ask that question. Who is this Jesus? Yeah. Yeah, I was just thinking, I think a lot of, kind of going back to what you were saying, Clayton, a lot of us could maybe have those situations where we talk about like our family history or our past or whatever. Maybe we're not uh, as quick to bring up some things that we're like, no, I'm going to kind of leave that leave it off the table, but uh, with Jesus, it's clear that those things, although they're a part of who he was or part of his history, does not define his future. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing beyond him bringing, bringing good out of, you know what I mean? And so I think for, for people out there who maybe have that past shame or they're a little slow to say, no, nah, I'd Maybe, maybe I can't overcome the things that bring, come along with my family baggage. You know what I mean? Uh, no, there's, there's nothing beyond what Jesus can do in our lives. There's nothing beyond who he can make us to be, the people that he's ca- created us to be. Yeah. I think uh, a way to apply this would be to say if, if Jesus is a fulfillment of all of these hopes and all of the the shame and scandal, like he can bring that all together, is to actually take those things in your life that you're like, this is these are where my hopes are, and these are where, the places where I have shame, and just put them before Jesus, and actually say, like Jesus, you 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 take all of this, and you you can fulfill fill the the longings I have, and you can redeem the the shame, and actually be honest with him about that. He can handle it. 
All that from a genealogy. Good job, Clayton. How about that? It's pretty good. I I repent of my ew sound effect at the beginning of this podcast episode. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, friends, uh, we hope that you enjoyed this conversation as much as we did. Uh, really was good to talk through some of those important things. Uh, thanks for listening this week. Please be sure to join us next week for another episode. Uh, We're going to be looking at another passage from the New Testament book of uh, Matthew. And so in the meantime, if you are not following along with the reading plan, check out BibleSavvy.com to download it and start reading along. Uh, Subscribe and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also email us your questions or suggestions at podcast at BibleSavvy.com. Lastly, tell your friends and we'll talk to you next week.